tonight I want to talk to you. This has kind of been something that I've been just really um, processing actually the last few months. But tonight I want to talk to you about why it is important for us to sit at the feet of Jesus. Amen. You know, there are a lot of accounts. I, I did my research and there are a lot of uh, accounts where there are people in the Bible found themselves at the feet of Jesus. Now, there's too many of them to cover tonight, but what I did for you is I typed up um, a, comp- a compilation of uh, scriptures and provisions uh, of, from stories in the Bible that pe- where people found themselves at the feet of Jesus and the provisions that were there at the feet of Jesus. Okay, so uh, before you leave tonight, I have two little stacks. So you grab one and bring it home and start doing your own reading and your own studying. Because I'm telling you, when I started reading each of those scriptures and those passages, when those people fell at the feet of Jesus, found themselves at the feet of Jesus, sat at the feet of Jesus, oh my goodness, the Holy Spirit, the word, the word of God just opened up and like, I mean, it is some powerful stuff. And so Note, you will be amazed at what the Holy Spirit, what the Lord will show you just in reading these scriptures. You may find way more than we're going to even cover tonight. But I want to encourage you to not just leave tonight the doors and, and move on. I, I want to encourage you to continue, continue the study of this teaching tonight, okay? But tonight I'm just going to focus on one person in particular, okay? And she had a regular habit of sitting at the feet of Jesus or being at the, uh, positioning herself. I love that word, positioning herself at the feet of Jesus. We're going to talk about three different encounters that she had with, at the feet of Jesus. Okay. But it's this, it's one person, three accounts. And we're going to, tonight we're going to talk about Mary. She's the sister of Martha and Lazarus. Okay. So I'm, I'm pretty sure you, most of you are familiar with the story of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Okay. So reflecting on three of her experiences at the feet of Jesus, I discovered three reasons why we should also have a regular habit of sitting at the feet of Jesus. Okay, so let's get into it. The first one, reason number one, at his feet, we can find a deep connection. At his feet, we can find a deep connection. And so I want to start in the first passage in Luke chapter 10 in verses 38 through 42. Now, as they were traveling along, he entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. Keep that, keep that phrase in mind. But Martha was distracted with all of her preparations. And she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. Now, where do I get this deep connection from this passage? Let me tell you why. In biblical times, sitting at someone's feet was an expression of an intimate relationship. 
Sitting at someone's feet was actually an expression of an intimate relationship, specifically between a disciple and a rabbi. And it also spoke of admiration and respect and also learning. Okay? Now, this is the, this is the key. Note. In biblical times, culture actually frowned upon women sitting at the feet of male teachers. Like, not only was it not expected, it was not even allowed. And so, some theologians actually believe that the tension between Martha and Mary that day was not just because Martha was having to do all the work, but she was, Martha was bothered about uh, Mary acting inappropriately. And so here's the cool part. Jesus kind of throws that culture out the window, right? When he, he tells Martha, Mary has chosen the good thing, the right thing. You know, we all have a desire for connection. Am I right? Okay, encourage me. Amen. We all have a desire for connection. And that desire for connection was actually placed in us by God. It is a core longing. And it's in every single one of us. You can, you can, uh, deny it. You can say you don't have it. You don't have a desire to connect, but you do. We all have a desire to connect and it was placed in us by God. Now, us longing for connection with God is actually part of our spiritual DNA. When he created us, he placed that, con- that desire for connection with him into our DNA. And sometimes our attempt to connect is wrapped up in things like performance, right? Look at Martha. She was busy trying to get all this stuff done. Now, there's nothing wrong with serving, but it's not what you do, it's why you do it. Her desire was to connect with the Lord, and she was trying to do it through performance, through works, through doing. And so she got frustrated because it wasn't working out for her, right? It can also be wrapped up in other people. Connection, a desire to connect can be wrapped up in other people, right? Think about again, Martha. She, uh, she was looking to Mary for connection. Lord, tell Mary to come help me. Tell Mary to do the same thing that I'm doing to perform so that I can feel some kind of connection here. So Martha was trying to connect with Mary. Mary was connecting with Jesus. Yeah. So in reality, the only connection that completely satisfies us is our connection with Jesus. Going back to verse 42, when Jesus said, only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. See, our attempts to connect with anything or anyone other than Jesus is only temporary. But Jesus says, when you can connect with me, that will not be taken away from you. It is the only connection that will satisfy us. Amen? 
Reason number two, moving on to the next event that Mary, when Mary encountered Jesus, Jesus at his feet is where we can receive his provision. Emphasis on his. At his feet is where we can receive his provision. Now this, this is found in, um, the whole chapter of John 11, but I'm going to just pick out the main, uh, verses and read them so that we can get to where, where I want to focus on. Okay. But it's just to kind of in, um, review you as far as the story. Okay. So this is the story of when Lazarus was sick. Okay. And in verse one, now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister, Martha. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. And verse six says, yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Verse seven, then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. Now I want you to mark verse 11 or write down verse 11 because we're going to revisit this one. And um, Jesus said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep but I'm going there to wake him up. Now dropping down to verse 17, on his arrival, Jesus goes back and Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. And so verse 20, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Verse 21, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. And so Jesus said to her in verse 23, your brother will rise again. Now what I want to focus on really tonight is verses 28 through 35, okay? So it says, uh, Martha, basically, it's Martha went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. Now when Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how she quick, how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. And when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet. And said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And Jesus wept. Now again, at his feet is where we can receive his provision. In Mary's case, this was a particular time that she needed some emotional comfort. Her brother died. She needed comfort. But I want you to notice in this scripture how quickly it says that Mary got up and went out to meet Jesus. It said when she, when she was summoned, she got up quickly when she found out that he was calling for her. Now, it doesn't specifically say, Jesus didn't say, where is Mary? But we know according to verse 28, that he, he called for her and he asked for her, right? Because Martha came out and said, the teacher is asking for you. So we know that Jesus was asking for her to come. 
This is the cool part. The Jews that were there, that were with her, comforting her. The scripture says she quickly got up and left. They assumed she was getting up to go to the grave to grieve. So they were going to just follow her to the grave to grieve with her. Okay? But she didn't go to the grave. She went and fell at the feet of Jesus. See, the Jews wanted to bring her to the grave. To me, that represents death without hope. But Mary went to the feet of Jesus and fell at his feet. And the scripture said that Jesus was so troubled and he wept. He wept with her. He went to the feet. She went to the feet. So she grieved at his feet, not at the grave. And I love how this connects with 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13 and 14. It says, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. The Jews did not have hope. They were going to grieve at the grave. Mary had hope. So she, she knew where to grieve, right? Verse 14 says, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Now go back to that verse in cha uh, chapter 11, verse 11. Jesus said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. That is grieving with hope. When we know, the scripture says, he will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. Yes, it is, a, it is appointed once for man to die. But if you are in Christ, you will fall asleep and you will wake up in eternity. You will wake up to life. Amen? You know, again, going back to Mary and needing the comfort from Jesus, you know, what we think we want is not always what we really need. So the Jews were with her when Lazarus died. So the Jews offered her comfort, but at the feet of Jesus, she found comfort and hope. So he will give us more than we can ask or think. We can receive that same provision. You may need comfort right now. You may have lost a loved one. And you may need some comfort right now. But I'm telling you this right now, that God has more than comfort to give to you. He wants to give you more than comfort if you will come to him. And, and all the other provisions. And that's why I, I don't have time to get into it tonight. And so I want to, again, encourage you to grab one of these sheets tonight before you leave. All the other provisions at the feet of Jesus, peace, rest, healing, deliverance, direction. You need direction? You can find it at the feet of Jesus. Forgiveness. I know that there are some Christian women in here today, right now, that are still feeling guilty about something they did in their past. Forgiveness is at the feet of Jesus reconciliation, all the provisions, all of them. And I'm going to go back and revisit that again in a little while. I'm going to tell you why. It's not only just the ones that I've listed. 
Are y'all okay? I hear the rain. Reason number three. At his feet is where we can worship extravagantly. At his feet is where we can worship extravagantly. Now, this particular encounter that Mary had with Jesus took place at the home of Simon the leper in Bethany. And it took place shortly after Jesus was raised, uh, raised Lazarus from the dead and about one week before he was crucified. All right. I might get more time because y'all can't leave with this rain. So um, we're going to read in John chapter 12, okay? John chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And as the keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put in it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. So here Mary comes in with uh, a pint of the most expensive perfume. It's a year's wage worth, okay? And she pours it on Jesus' feet. Mary's action was an extravagant act of worship that wholeheartedly showed her devotion to Jesus. The perfume was worth a year's wages. Now, okay, imagine this. Imagine taking your year's salary. I don't know how much you make, but maybe your year's salary, you and your husband's salary put together, just a year's salary. Going to Dillard's, And going to the counter and telling the lady, I want to buy your most expensive perfume and I want this much work, like my whole year's salary. So whatever that is, think about how hard you work for that. That lady going to look at you like you're crazy. She going to be, you cray cray. Like, I don't even like, I mean, I'll work here and get a discount and I wouldn't even do that. Right? So... Think about it. You're buying this and then you go home and you pour that entire bucket or however much it is of perfume onto the feet of someone that you love. They're going to probably think you cray cray too. But Jesus didn't think she was crazy. He said, leave her alone. Let her worship me. Let her worship me extravagantly. And she didn't care what anybody thought. She was glad to sacrifice something valuable in order to show her love. Wow. Can you imagine? The extravagant love. Now, how should we follow Mary's example of sitting at Jesus' feet? I'm going to talk about three things really quickly, okay? And they're very simple, very simple. Number one, 
like Mary, we must listen. In, in the Luke passage, Luke 30, uh, 10, 39, it said that she, she was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word, listening. She had a deep connection with him because she knew how to do that. Ladies, the word says, be still and know that I am God. So it's not always about praying and singing and, and, you know, talking. It's sometimes it's about listening. You know, we, we reckon, uh, John chapter 10 and verse 14 and 27, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and know my own sheep and they know me. Why? Verse 27 says, my sheep recognize my voice and I know them and they follow me. See, we recognize his voice because we regularly listen to him. Think about it. You know the sound of your baby's cry. Why? Because you listen to it regularly, right? You know the sound of your husband's voice, right? Why? Because you regularly listen to it. You may even recognize the, your dog's bark, right? Those of you who have a dog, you know what your dog's bark sounds like, right? Why? Because you hear it all the time, right? Same thing with the voice of the Lord. The more we sit at his feet and listen, the more we will recognize it. God has something to say to us, but we have to take the initiative and the time to be still, to pay attention, and to listen. You know, one word could change your life. One word from the Lord could change your life. Number two, like Mary, we must come to him when he calls. We must come to him when he calls. Again, in the second, in the second, uh, encounter with Jesus, John 11, 28 and 29, Martha said, the teacher is here and is asking for you. And verse 29 says, when Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. She received the provision she needed because she responded to the call to go to him. Right? And here's the cool thing. Jesus has given us that invitation. And guess what? The invitation to come to him, it's an open invitation. We can come to him anytime. The veil was torn when he died. Anytime we need, anytime we want, we can come to him. And all throughout the scriptures, Jesus says, come to me and I will. Think about it. Come to me and I will. Here's our issue. We tend to go to everything and everyone else and save him as the last resort when it should be opposite, right? We should go to him first. It is an open invitation. And finally, number three, like Mary, at his feet, we must worship him with our best. We must worship him with our best. Again, in the John 12 passage, Mary anointed Jesus with her very best most valuable and expensive perfume in order to express her love for Jesus. You know, God is worthy of our best worship, right? He didn't hold anything back from us, so we shouldn't hold anything back from him. I love the word extravagant. The word extravagant means lacking restraint 
in using resources. Mary didn't restrain the resources she had to worship Jesus. It also means exceeding what is reasonable or appropriate. So it takes a little bit of of us getting out of our comfort zone and our box to worship Jesus extravagantly. Yeah? Sometimes it can feel uncomfortable because, like Judas, people are watching us and judging us. You shouldn't be worshiping like that. It could be better used. And Jesus said, no, it's all for me. It's all for me. I gave all for her. She's giving her all for me. Sometimes God will even speak something specific to us in our worship. And so that's why it's important for us to worship extravagantly. But here's the cool part, and I'm going to wrap it up. In biblical times, okay, anointing someone was a sign that God had chosen that person for a specific role. For example, priests and kings were anointed, okay? Mary anointed Jesus. She anointed his feet. So Mary was anointing the one who was about to make the ultimate sacrifice, pointing to his role as God's savior. Okay? She was a... Oh, we're going to wait. Just hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Just hold on. Thank you. Okay? So Mary... Mary was significant, her, her, uh, anointing the feet of Jesus was significant because she was pointing to one who was important. Okay. And someone who was chosen. All right. And this is, this is the part that I want you to understand. Okay. Think about this. This was, this, this, uh, revelation was, was huge for me. Okay. Think about Jesus on the cross. Mary just anointed his feet with oil, and he goes, and he is crucified, and he is hanging on the cross, and he's got nails in his hands and nails in his feet and a crown on his head. And the scripture talks about the blood of Jesus. We know that the blood flowed down, right? The blood flowed down from his head to his feet. So I find that there is significance in the anointing of the feet of Jesus when Mary anointed his feet because that's where the anointing flowed down. And that's where we should, we should be. How, how much more should we position ourselves at the feet of Jesus? The blood of Jesus, which provided everything that we need, all-inclusive provision, flowed down to the feet where the feet that Mary anointed. So his anointing met her anointing. How much more should we be at the feet of Jesus? It's important for us to position ourselves there, to connect, to receive, and to worship him. And so tonight we have one minute. I have one minute, but I'm going to just open up this altar for you to take all the time that you need. And Felicia's going to play some music. But I just want to ask you a question. What is it that you're looking for? And what you're needing from the Lord tonight? Do you, do you need to connect? Do you have a desire to connect? Do you need provision from Him? Healing, 
deliverance, peace, comfort. What is it that you need? Or maybe you don't need anything, but maybe you just feel like, I need, to, I need to take some time and worship. Maybe he's calling you to worship because he's got something he wants to tell you. Would you come and listen? Would you position yourself to listen? Would you come to him? And so if that's you and you feel comfortable, I want to invite you to come down to the altar right now and find a comfortable place comfortable position close your eyes and meet with the Lord come worship him come listen to him come to his feet that's where his the anointing is the anointing has flowed down and so I want to invite you to do that come on make your way down you may need some direction from the Lord You know, Paul on Patmos, when he wrote the book of Revelation, he fell at the Lord's feet. And when he fell at the Lord's feet, the Lord began to say, now I want you to begin to write. And he wrote the book of Revelation after spending time at the feet of the Lord. So what is it that you need? Do you need forgiveness? It's there at the foot of the cross. Do you need comfort and peace? It's there at the foot of the cross. The blood of Jesus is as alive today as it was 2,000 years ago. It's not cold, it's warm. The heart of Jesus is still beating today. And it's beating for you. And he wants to to, uh, touch you. He wants to provide for you. He wants to connect with you. You may have been longing for a deep connection for a long time, and you've tried to connect with other people, and it just hasn't worked out for you. But Jesus is calling you to connect with him. He's saying, come to me, and I will give you rest. You may need rest. You may be tired. You may be weary. If you you are not even not at the altar tonight, you're sitting in your chair I want to invite you to even just close your eyes and I want you to see yourself visualize what yourself at the feet of Jesus what does the feet of Jesus look like what what does his feet look like see yourself sitting at his feet Oh, 
power of your Holy Spirit, God. And I just thank you, Father, for your grace and your mercy over them. In the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen.